Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is Red Sox Review, and it starts right now. Here's your host, Joe Weil. Pitch. Ground ball bounce right side. Knocked down by Dahlbeck, picks it up, fires to the pitcher. In time, and the season is over. The Boston Red Sox close 2023 with a victory. They beat the Baltimore Orioles, the American League Eastern Division champions. The final Red Sox 6, and Baltimore won the record, record for the Red Sox. 78 wins and 84 defeats. The 2023 season has come to a close in the Red Sox, despite it being a disappointing campaign. Close it out with a 6-1 victory over the Baltimore Orioles. Tanner Houck was awesome today at Camden Yards. Six innings pitched, just one hit allowed in this contest as well. It came in the sixth inning. He struck out six in this contest as well to earn his sixth victory of the season. But the season comes to an end. The Red Sox finish in last place in the American League East again, and actually with the exact same record that they did a season ago, 78 in 84, but they are able to salvage the finale against the team that won the American League East in the Baltimore Orioles. Joe Weil with you here on Red Sox Review. There's so much to talk about with all that's happened today specifically. I would love to talk about the Red Sox season at large, this 2023 campaign and the improvements that we'd like to see from this team moving forward. But of course, some big news also broke before the game with Tim Wakefield passing away at the age of 57. He died today. Of course, a legendary figure in this Red Sox organization, member of two World Series championship teams, one of the most long-tenured player in franchise history, and of course, a guy that was so charitable with his time off the field. He was the team's honorary chairman of the Red Sox Foundation, building a second career based on charitable endeavors and you know, just a, a remarkable guy who put together a remarkable career on the field, but has made a lasting impact in this region for what he did off the field as well. Alex Cora, after the game, focused specifically on Tim Wakefield because of the passing. Of course, a former teammate of his when Alex Cora was playing with the Red Sox. And, you know, the whole team playing with heavy hearts today with the passing of Tim Wakefield today and, and just the terrible news that, that broke before this one ultimately got going. Let's hear what Alex Cora had to say uh, after the game. Tough day for us. We lost a brother, a teammate, 
uh, a family member, you know, uh, stays in the kids, you know, my condolences, uh, you know, we're here for them. But, uh, you know, like I was telling the guys, you know, this guy, uh, one of the best teammates I ever had, you know, and this is not BS, you know, this guy was there for us all the time. He was accountable. He, he, he was what a Boston Red Sox should look like. You know, um, I don't know if you guys noticed, everybody had their jerseys in the dugout. It was a tribute to him because I, 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 all the guys that I play with, nobody wore his jersey with more pride than Tim Wakefield. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a tough day for all of us. I know it's a tough day for you guys. And, um, you know, another reminder that 162 is just a game, you know. That's, it's just a freaking game, you know. And, 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 you know, I saw him September 14th, and he went to my office. And, you know, he was having th his thing the next day, and he was just a regular guy, you know, just talking to me, talking about baseball, and he said, I'll be fine. I'm going to be fine. And he's fine. He's fine. You know, uh, you know, we, we have a lot of stories. Um, you know, we have a, uh, you know, we have a history together, you know, not only with me, Tech, Ramon, all the guys, you know, and, uh, you know, it's just a sad day for us, sad day for the organization. And, um, you know, I'm glad that we went out there and we play a clean game. We pitch well. Um, you know, we kind of like represented Wake today. You know, and um, it was a, in that aspect, it was a fun day. And I was very proud of this group, you know, to play all the way to the end. And that's something Wake did as, as a man, as a husband, as a father, as a player. He played all the way to the end. So with that, thank you. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Yeah, very well said there by Alex Cora. And this was a day where, where the game really didn't mean anything. I mean, and, and Alex Cora had the right perspective on it. You know, it, this is just a game, right? But when somebody this important, not only to the organization, but this region passes away, uh, you, you have to talk about him, eulogize him. And, and I'm glad the team uh, was able to do that today in the dugout and uh, pay honor to the man that has just made such a great impact. The numbers for Tim Wakefield in his career are, are pretty remarkable. And if you watch this guy growing up, as I did, you, you knew he put in his time with this organization. But let me just run down some of the numbers for Tim Wakefield in his career. So he owns Red Sox records with 430 starts and 3,006 innings pitched. He ranks second in franchise history with 590 pitching appearances and in strikeouts, too. He has 2,046 with this organization. And uh, he's third in club history in wins. He had 186 during his time with the Red Sox, trailing only Roger Clemens and Cy Young. He is the only player in franchise history to appear in a game at the age of 44 or older. And he's also the Fenway Park leader with 216 starts and 1,553 innings at the ballpark as well. And he was a guy that was able to you know, perform in so many different capacities. And when I think about Tim Wakefield as the, as the man himself, he was a giver. He was a giver to this organization, but of course the community as well with his charity work. And what I mean with the organization, I, I just rattled off some of the numbers on the pitching side, but... He was a guy that did whatever was asked of him. He was a starter for this organization. He was also a reliever, a closer at one point, too, in 1999. He stepped in and was a really solid closer for this organization, but was just a guy that, hey, if, if you need innings, I'm the guy to do it. He did that time and time again. I, the, the one that will always stand out was in Game 3 of the 2004 ALCS with the Red Sox getting clobbered by the Yankees in that game. He ends up being a guy that mops up some innings. He was supposed to be the Game 4 starter, but Terry Francona saw him with his spikes on and said, okay, we, we need you to go out there and pitch some innings, and he, and he did that, and he 
ended up also coming up big in Game Four, uh, a Game Five of the ALCS in 2004, earning the win, three shutout innings in relief in that contest as well, and uh, he ends up being a part of. Uh, I would argue, I think everybody would, the most important Red Sox team in franchise history, the 2004 champs. And uh, what a moment for him to win that championship after the the tough pain from the year uh, year prior in 2003, giving up the home run to Aaron Boone, the walk-off home run in the 11th inning of the 03 ALCS, which, you know, that's the memory everybody has of that series, uh, probably alongside Grady Little not taking out Pedro Martinez, but... It gets forgotten. He was a guy that won two starts in that 2003 ALCS as well. Uh, but just what a remarkable career. I, I would still want to get more into it because he's such an anomaly uh, as it pertains to baseball and his career. The fact that he was drafted by the Pirates as an infielder and uh, was told, hey, listen, you're, you're not going to make it to the big leagues. Uh, as a hitter, you got to try something else. He ends up you know, learning the knuckleball and... Uh, had a good start to his career with the Pirates and then ended up having to go to the minor leagues. Uh, the Pirates let him go. The Red Sox pick him up. And immediately in 95, he's a huge part of that team winning the AL East title, which was, I think, a surprise for a lot of people in the baseball world in 95. But he stuck with this team long enough. The fact that he won two World Series and was a big part of those teams, that's obviously part of his legacy. But on top of that, the charitable work that he did alongside that, winning the Roberto Clemente Award, you know, helping at, you know, being a part of the Jimmy Fund and, and uh, you know, helping raise money for cancer, uh, cancer research. And it, it's a testament to his character that he's a guy that uh, everybody you hear from, broadcasters, teammates, uh, Ownership. Everybody is coming out with an outpouring of emotion because this guy meant so much to them. But he is so much a part of the Red Sox, but also Boston as well with what he did from a charitable side. Uh, we just played some sound from Alex Cora. I do want to get to Jason Veritek, who also spoke after the game. Obviously, uh, a, a guy that has caught him, not a ton. We know it's in Wakefield. That knuckleball was really hard to uh, ultimately hone in. But we, we mentioned that 4 Game 5 relief appearance Veritek was the guy behind home plate. Obviously, these two know each other a lot. But let's hear what uh, Jason Veritek had to say uh, after uh, the news broke after this game that the Red Sox won 6-1. to Let's hear from Jason Veritek. I mean, it's, it's horrible. And it's horrible for his wife, Bree, Trevor, his family, his friends. I mean, it's a young man. the kind of teammate and friend he was. <laughs> I don't know if I've said anything. I think I'm showing it. Um, you know, I've, I've always said it. Wake he exemplifies what this uniform is. And it's not just the, the name on the back. It's the name on the front. It's what he's done in the community, the way he's represented it, where he's respected the game, which goes on to the whole league of being a precious part of what we do is, is respect for the game and for your place. Um, he exemplifies what it means to be a Red Sox and what it means to be a professional. A wonderful dad, great husband, we've been through a lot.
All right, so that's Jason Baratek speaking uh, after the game. Uh, you could hear the emotions just hearing that, you know, just hearing the emotions in Jason Veritek's voice. I don't know how you could be listening in the car, at home, wherever you are, and not feeling emotional uh, just listening to what he has to say about Tim Wakefield. Uh, here's what we're going to do. So I'm going to just set up the rest of the program here. Uh, we're going to be on here on Red Sox Review before the Six Rings postgame show comes on with Fitzy and Hart. And after... The way the Patriots right now are performing, uh, you know, obviously I'd like to hear them after a win, but uh, I'm also excited to hear what they have to say after this disastrous offensive performance by Mac Jones. Uh, If you're listening in the car or at home, if you want to chime in, so we're going to talk about the Red Sox season. We're going to chat more about Tim Wakefield. Uh, If you want to chime in about Celtics or Patriots, obviously the Celtics made a big trade as well, uh, getting Drew Holiday uh, into their organization and shipping out Robert Williams, uh, Malcolm Brogdon uh, as part of that trade, along with some picks as well. If you want to chime in about that, we are all ears for the entire conversation leading up to the Six Rings postgame show, Uh, but we'll also be talking more about Tim Wakefield as well. If you want to share some memories, your favorite Tim Wakefield memory, I'd love to hear from you right now here's the number to call in 617-779-7937 again 617-779-7937 you can also text us at 37937 as well so again we would love to hear your thoughts on this 2023 season a lot of changes are going to be made with this roster i have no doubts about that what the what the changes will be We'll obviously have to wait and see. We'll see who the new GM is, of course, and and that could be a conversation as well. Uh, But on top of that, we'll talk more about Tim Wakefield's Red Sox career. uh, We're we're hoping to get Rob Bradford uh, on the phone at 7 o'clock. So Rob is so tuned in, uh, in tune with this organization, everything around it, Tim Wakefield specifically. Look forward to hearing what he has to say as well. So again, Joe Weil with you here on Red Sox Review, 617-779-7937. We'll pause for a short break, come back with more right after this. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. A 3-2. The game is over. Veritek holds on. And Wakefield, through all of that, pitches a scoreless 13th inning. How valuable is Wakefield to these Red Sox? Back here on Red Sox Review. Tim Wakefield sadly passing away at the age of 57 today. The Globe's Pete Abraham saying that according to friends, Mr. Wake, uh, Tim Wakefield's death was a result of a seizure related to a recent diagnosis of brain cancer. This was his walkout song in 2010, How Bad Do You Want It by Tim McGraw. And uh, 2010 uh, for Tim Wakefield uh, was toward the end of his career. 
Wakefield right before that season, 2009, is when he was a uh, was actually an All Star. He was announced as an AL All Star in 2009, making him the second oldest first time All Star at 42, only behind Satchel Paige, uh, who was 45. But the highlight you just heard Joe Braverman play, and by the way, Joe Braverman behind the glass, Joe Weil with you here. Uh, on Red Sox Review, 617-779-7937. We're going to take a smorgasbord of calls here uh, with uh, the Red Sox season coming to an end, Tim Wakefield passing away at the age of 57. I'd love to hear your memories of of watching Tim Wakefield, your favorite one. Uh, Feel free to chime in, 617-779-7937. You can also text us at 37937, both the phone calls, text rolling in right now. Uh, You can also call in, if you'd like, about the Patriots right now playing a disaster of a game in Dallas, down 31-30, to Bailey Zappi in the game after Mac Jones' disastrous performance. Also, the Celtics making a big trade his way. Whatever you, uh, today, whatever you want to talk about, I'm here. I'm all ears. I'm here for you. Uh, if you want to chime in again, 617-779-7937. I just want to go back to that strikeout before we head to the phones here for the uh, the first time. That strikeout, it came in the top of the 13th inning, and uh, it was with Ruben Sierra at the plate. Big swing and a miss to end it. And Jason Veritek, who we just heard in our previous segment with some very emotional words with his teammates passing, uh, he was the catcher in that game. And if you remember, there were a couple pass balls in the, that inning, so it was a really uh, dangerous spot for the Red Sox to be in. Obviously, you need to win that game to stay alive. They were down 3-1 in the series in Game 5 of the 2004 ALCS, and there was second and third with two outs for Sierra up at the plate. Wakefield with a big swing and a miss. He gets the strikeout and then uh, sets down in the next inning, the top of the fourth inning, Tony Clark, Miguel Cairo, and Derek Jeter. And then in the bottom of the 14th inning, yeah, David Ortiz, second straight walk-off hit in that series, Esteban Lu- off Esteban Luiza, and uh, the rest is history. And, you know, one memory uh, from that time period, too, it, that, that stands out is the, the post-game celebration, and there's a video of it on Twitter. Joe Giza, he's a WBZ TV producer, does phenomenal work. He, he likes to post all these uh, great videos from years past, and it's Johnny Damon holding the American League Championship trophy and walking through a sea of reporters, cameras, and teammates, of course, spraying champagne on each other. This is after Game 7. And uh, he gives it to Tim Wakefield, and he said, here's a pride of the Red Sox area. And you can just see Tim Wakefield so emotional, knowing the pain of the year prior, giving up the home run to Aaron Boone. And, uh, you know, and and obviously all that came with that. You think, okay, if, if, if things don't change, maybe he is thought about in the same way as, uh, you know, it, it, Bill Buckner, at least those, those images of pain, Red Sox pain, it'll be just among the lineage of that. Uh, but, nope, the next year he rises to the occasion in a big way in that series, wins the ring, and, uh, you know, he had so much respect around Major League Baseball, too. Another story from the next year that came out about 04, Joe Torre, who was so frustrated, obviously, on the Yankees' side, the fact that his team, for the first time ever in Major League history, blew a 3-0 lead he called Tim Wakefield after that game seven and and told him congratulations because he thought that much of him and knew uh you know the pain that he went through uh prior to that let's go to the phones for the first time let's go to Jim in Weymouth who wants to talk about Tim Wakefield Jim you're on Red Sox Review thanks for joining us hey how are you doing today just uh devastating news uh like like I told the screener I don't even really care about the Patriots game right now because I'm so devastated about uh, Tim Wakefield and uh, just a 
a, a truly good, genuine guy uh, on and off the field, especially off the field with his charity work. And, you know, never wanted any fanfare for it, just did it, you know, on his own. And uh, just uh, just uh, this, this one hurts for sure. Yeah, Jim, without a doubt. And I really appreciate you chiming in. If you want to get your Tim Wakefield thoughts in, 617-779-7937. Again, coming up after Red Sox Review, Six Rings postgame show, Fitzy and Hart. Definitely chime into that as well uh, after this disastrous game in Dallas. But right now, for the moment, we're talking about Tim Wakefield. Also, the Red Sox season, if you want to talk about that as well. Coming to an end today, they finished 78-84 and with the win today over the Baltimore Orioles. But I'd imagine a lot of people in this region are are feeling that way about Tim Wakefield. I mean, I think of somebody my age, right? I'm I'm 30 years old. I grew up watching Tim Wakefield baseball with him in it. And, of course, he was a part of this game and the Red Sox for such a long time. And his career, I, I just am, I am blown away by what he was able to accomplish in his career. And, of course, the legacy is not just that. It's, it's also what he did with all of his charitable endeavors off the field as well. He was the honorary chairman of the Red Sox Foundation uh, and a, just a beloved figure in this region among teammates, people that cover this team, ownership, all of that stuff. Uh, but on, on the field with this Red Sox club, he's left a massive legacy as a guy that just filled so many different spots. And uh, it's a career that it, it beat the odds in so many different ways, too, which I think is the most remarkable part about it. We talked about it um, during during the game is that no one's throwing the knuckleball anymore. Yeah. Like the closest thing was R.A. Dickey, but he only lasted a year. No one else is throwing the knuckleball, and no one did it as effective as Tim did. Well, and, and, and on top of that, too, Joe, just the fact that it was like every year you had that reliability of this guy's going to mop up innings for us any which way we need it. And, and in specific years, he was extremely effective in doing that. I, I mentioned that 95 season. I believe he was third in the American League Cy Young race. He was such a big part of that 95 team that won uh, a title. And then 99, they ask him to be a reliever. He steps in and does that with Tom Gordon being hurt. Uh, and then in, in the subsequent years after that, you know, he loved this region so much. He had this rolling contract where, uh, you know, he, he just he would kind of take an undervalued contract in terms of what he would have been worth in the relative market out there for him. And he just wanted to stay in Boston for as long as possible. And they had this agreement of just year by year making sure okay do we both feel similarly about this okay let's sign for another year and uh, he just loved this region in a way that is very unique and not to say that people playing here don't love this region they absolutely do the point i'm trying to make is a lot of times when, when your contract comes up you want to explore um you want to explore the fact that it is uh, you, you get a chance to test the open market, but but Tim Wakefield was a guy that loved being here so much. He wanted to stay with this organization. Uh, they took a chance on him, obviously in '95 when they brought him in, but uh, he certainly paid it off. But again, it's not just that; it's the man he was. Uh, I want to get more into it with Rob Bradford, who's going to join us in a moment here. Rob's going to join us talk a little bit more about uh, Tim Wakefield and uh, the legacy he has left behind. Of course, uh, the news today being that he passed away at the age of 57 earlier this morning, and uh, 
uh, it is being reported, according to his friends, that uh, his death was a result of a seizure related to a recent diagnosis of brain cancer. The texts are rolling in. So are the calls. 617-779-7937. I want to get to the text in a little bit. Appreciate those who are chiming in. And uh, again, if you want to call in about anything, Red Sox season coming to an end. Tim Wakefield, Patriots, Celtics, we're all ears. We'll pause for a short break. Come back with more here on Red Sox Review. I just want to say one thing. This guy right here, this win is for this man right here. Because he was not on the roster, and he showed so much heart by saying, I I can't be on the roster, and it was good for the team. This is what kind of person is standing right here. I love this guy. I'm proud of this guy. It's It's the hardest thing to do to take yourself out of the game for someone else. And he did it. And I'm proud of it. That was Mike Timlin talking about Tim Wakefield to Tim Wakefield after they won it all in 2007. Tim Wakefield, that was his second ring with the Red Sox. He didn't pitch in the World Series that year. But, of course, big part of that team, big part of the 2004 team. And very sadly, he passes away today at the age of 57. Joe Weil with you here on Red Sox Review. We're going to take you up to... The end of this Patriots game, which has uh, been a blowout pretty much the entire time. Dallas on top, 31-3, to 9.20 left in the fourth quarter. Uh, if you want to get your calls in, too, 617-779-7937. We'll talk Red Sox. Uh, we'll talk more about Tim Wakefield. And, again, if you want to chime in about the Patriots as well, uh, we're, we are all ears for that. But for this segment, uh, the one guy I wanted to talk to today after the news pass is Rob Bradford, who is so in tune with this Red Sox team. And he now joins us on the uh, Harbor One hotline and and Rob, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, baseball season is as long as it is, 162 games. But even after it ends, I still want to talk to you, and especially in a day like today. Uh, what were your thoughts? So what was going through your mind when you heard the news today? Oh, man, it was a gut punch. You know, and, and I say that where you have news where people pass away and awful news. This one just hit. It just hit. Uh, I think it was – even though we had sort of a little bit of the warning that things weren't great with him, uh, we had to shilling reveal the news, unfortunately. Uh, but then even after that, you hear sort of murmurs, oh, okay, he had surgery, and maybe it'll, maybe it'll take, maybe, maybe it'll get better. And then this one was out of nowhere. And then, then you see the age, and you realize, oh, my goodness, this guy was so young. And and I think what hit the hardest is that it was almost like he was a player. It's almost like he was a peer. He, well, he was a peer, and it wasn't just like a guy who hadn't been around, who had who had retired, had been gone for ten years, and I'll remember how great he was. No, I mean, man, like Tim Wakefield was the fabric of the Red Sox ever since he came to the Red Sox in the mid '90s, all the way till today. I mean, and will continue to be, but. Whether it was as a player, whether it was as a broadcaster, whether it was as part of the foundation, the Jimmy Fund, whatever it was, he never didn't wasn't part of the fabric of the Red Sox. And obviously, this is what we do: we cover the Red Sox, we follow the Red Sox, and he was in the middle of it all the time. And usually, when he was in the middle of it, it meant that something interesting, something good, and something you know, where it's going to help some people along the way or entertain some people along the way was going to factor in. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not articulating correctly. I apologize, Joe, but, 
you know, because I think that, you know, we're sort of all over the place with this. It's just, it's, it's a hard one to sort of wrap up. And, and, and Rob, no, I think what you said there is great. And, and what you've said and what I've heard you share already before you just hopped on now, it's echoed what other reporters like yourself have said about the man he was covering him. You know, when he was with the Red Sox, of course, getting to know him even more now that he's on, he was on the TV side of things uh, post-playing uh, career. And his teammates, everybody that, that's been around this organization and knew him has echoed the same sentiments that you have. And, and Rob, you know, just in reading what everybody said and, her, and hearing what everybody said, the, 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 the cool thing when you think about the man himself is that it feels as though the type of player he was has completely mirrored the type of person he was off the field in in the sense that he was a giver. You know, he was a giver to this Red Sox organization. Anything that they ever asked him to do, he did. Sometimes he volunteered to do it, whether it was, you know, coming out of the bullpen like he did in, in Game 3 of the 2004 ALCS, pitching in relief, the cl- closing role in 99, of course, starting and mopping, uh, mopping up innings in games where he knew he needed to go the full nine, even if he didn't have it. But then that also translated to off the field with all the charitable work he did. It seems like anything you'd want Tim Wakefield to be, he exactly was. Yeah, isn't it ironic that the guy who threw the most unpredictable pitch was the most predictable human being? Yeah, he really was. I mean, he, he was he was predictable in the sense of that you know he was going to be a good teammate. He was predictable in the sense that you knew he was going to be a productive player. He was predictable in the sense that you knew that he was going to be a good human being. And and if anyone who wanted to 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 be part of Tim Wakefield or be around Tim Wakefield or say hello or take a picture with Tim Wakefield, Tim Wakefield was predictably going to say yes and actually have a conversation with those people. And, and you know, we, it, you see the people who are so broken up about it. We, I just came from the clubhouse, and, I mean, Jason Veritek was understandably just in tears. I mean, he, he had a really, really hard time talking about it. And you understand, like, this – Tim Wakefield was not only a friend for guys like Jason Veritek and Alex Cora, but he was the ultimate teammate. He was just, he was the ultimate teammate for two, probably three generations of rosters, maybe four. And, and for these guys, you can't discount that because we've said it time and time and time, Joe, that baseball players see their teammates and their team more than they see their family. And so when you have a guy like Tim Wakefield, who they could rely on, who they could relate to, who they could look forward to when they get to the clubhouse. And, and then in the offseason or after they play, they can look forward to this, like picking up where they left off. And you knew the guy you were going to get and it was a solid, great guy. Then that's, a, that's why you get the reaction because this is like losing – a family member. It is losing a family member for these people. Yeah, and we're chatting with Rob Bradford for those listening on the Harbor One Hotline. The the very tragic news today: Tim Wakefield passing away uh, at the age of fifty seven. And and Rob, I want to talk more about him as a as a person. But you talked about how uh, you know the pitch was so unpredictable. Obviously, the knuckleball, but he was a predictable guy in terms of reliability, both on and off the field in this region. But his career, too, it's so remarkable, you know, where it starts uh, with him being a a minor league player, position player, and then being told, hey, you're not going to make it to the big leagues. You have to figure out something else. And he ends up, you know, 
developing into one of the best knuckleball pitchers of his time. But uh, he's a guy also that he had a great start to his career with the Pirates, pitches well in the 92 NLCS, then kind of tails off, and he ends up getting released. The Red Sox pick him up, and instantly, Rob, he was fantastic for this organization. Yeah, it was amazing. You go back, and Ian Brown and I did a podcast, and Ian surfaced this this remembrance, which was, you know, the he, he comes out, he pitches that first game in Anaheim in seven innings, and then two days later, he pitches, I think, another seven innings, and then he's he's on his way. And it, to think back, you know, that was the that was the mid nineties, the mid nineties, and and you go through that wave of Red Sox players, and then obviously, you know, you get to the, to the 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 John Henry sort of when the, that ownership group took over and that wave of players in that run and then finally going all the way to him chasing all these Red Sox records at the end of his career you know and that was another group of players and so it, it was it was such an unbelievable journey and you know and we we talk about it it's it's he came up so big so big in so many key moments and I, I go back to that 2003 the Aaron Boone home run. I always have looked at that, not at the home run, but at what he did in the postseason 03, 04. And in 03, you know, if Boone doesn't hit the home run, Wakefield is the guy that's going to get the MVP. I mean, Wakefield is the guy that they could have rid for, for that entire game as long as they needed to because he's pitched so well and he can pitch forever. You know, and so like that, but that was what he was. And I said this to Ian, I said, you know, they, I remember every playoff would come around and they were at hem and haw about starting Wakefield because of unpredictability, not of the player, but of, really of the pitch. And and really, more times than not, he came through, uh, especially you know when you go back to oh three oh four, and, and it's like there are just so many so many like key great moments this guy came through with where where it all started. Where it was I know I remember like what, oh man this is cool a knuckleball guy the Red Sox have a knuckleball guy. This is going to be fun for about a week, you know, and then 20 years later, it's, he's still pitching. Yeah, the the Red Sox records he owns are pretty remarkable. The fact that he, he leads this organization in starts, innings pitch, second in the franchise history in pitching appearances and strikeouts. There's a lot more uh, on that list as well. And, and Rob, you just hit on 0304, which is obviously such an important time in this franchise's history and Tim Wakefield right in the middle of it. I almost was sobbing reading, looking back and reading some of his quotes after they lost in 2003, you know, saying it's my fault when he gives up the home, after he gives up the home run to Aaron Boone, even though, as you mentioned, he won two starts in that series already. But then the next year, again, he comes up heroic in two different ways in the ALCS and it gets lost in the mix of all the, the memorable highlights from that series in 2004. But the fact in Game 3, the fact that he goes to Tito and says, I'll, I'll pitch, I won't start in Game 4, I'll go out to the bullpen to eat up some innings so that they don't use some key guys. And then in Game 5, with Jerry, Jason Veritek behind home plate, there was so much tension because there were pass balls in the mix. He tosses three shutout innings in Game 5 and gets the win in that Game 5 of 2004. I, the fact that he could come back from that and then come up again and be so heroic the next year is a testament to the player and person he was. Yeah, and then another anecdote that Ian Brown gave was uh, his teammates bringing him out to the Yankee Stadium mound after they won. You know, and say, "Hey, let's, let's you deserve to stand here. This is a great moment after what you went through in 2003." So it, it's 
Yeah, that was another thing, right? I mean, <laughs> finding someone to catch him, which is a whole you you have all those stories and about you know Doug Marabelli coming in the in the police car. Um, you have, like you said, Veritech having a real hard time, and and uh, the entire time, like Tim Wakefield was a guy who was going to figure it out. Tim Wakefield was a guy that was going to going to help your team win. Tim Wakefield was a guy who was going to be a good teammate and, and understand like the catcher, like that dynamic was not an easy dynamic for any of these. And, and I was going through, I was looking through some old photos and I found one that from spring training, uh, you know, a few years ago and it's Tim Wakefield and Stephen Wright. And they're just talking. I mean, and, and this is, you know, Tim Wakefield left the organization or he didn't leave the organization, but he retired and then next thing you know, like he's helping Stephen Wright. He's helping that dynamic, a, a player. And then he's helping the organization. He's helping the Jimmy Fund. It never stopped. I mean, it really never stopped. That's the incredible thing. From that moment that he joined the Red Sox, what was it, back in 95? It was from that moment. It was, you know, it was just nonstop that this guy was the fabric of the Red Sox. And this is what makes it so tough, man, because – you know, Johnny Paskey lived a, a great life, a long, great life, and he was the everything you want about being Mr. Red Sox. That should have been Tim Wakefield. Tim Wakefield should have lived that life. Tim Wakefield should have been going into his 70s as as the guy, you know, hey, anytime you want to wear the uniform, anytime you want to come by because you're a valuable guy on and off the field. And I think that that's, you know, that's one of the things that sort of I've been thinking about today which is, you know, we as as long as Tim Wakefield played, and as much as we saw, it felt like Tim Wakefield was just getting going. Yeah, and it's it's just such a tragedy today, passing away at the age of fifty-seven, and, and he leaves behind such a such a legacy in this region for what he did with his all of his charitable endeavors, and then on top of that, as we've talked about his his playing career, two World Series, of course, being a part of the most memorable team in this franchise history, and having such a big role in it. Uh, it is certainly a tough day here in Boston. Rob, thanks for joining us as always, and phenomenal work all season long. You're such a great guy to talk to. You're in, you know, throughout this entire year, and thank you so much, even after the season has come to an end, to, to hop on and chat. Ah, oh, you, are you kidding me? The season's just beginning. <laughs> Let's be honest. For the Red Sox, hopefully the that's the case, be- right? We we like well, to see some changes. It, yeah, well, you know, I so I'm going to Philadelphia to pick up. You know, the baseball isn't boring. Grand never sleeps, and um. But it's it's uh, you know the, we we already had a little dose of this with Alex Cora you know in the pregame talking about that and there's going to be the press conference tomorrow you know and everything today obviously is about Wakefield there's there's no and rightfully so I mean everything about today but tomorrow like I said they'll have the press conference and I'll give you one anecdote real quick Joe is that you know I had I was got to the park semi early today. And I see there's only one person on the field, and that's Jason Baratek walking back and forth on the on the warning track. Nobody else around. And then out, then out of the dugout comes Alex Cora, and Alex Cora walks out all the way across the field. And which is it was a weird sight because Cora never usually does that. I don't really see Baratek out there too much either. And Cora gets out there, and they just embraced in the outfield, and then they walked all the way up to the visitor's dugout and sat there for about 20, 25 minutes. And at that time, I, you know, we had no idea what was going on. But, I mean, to, to, now I can sort of reflect on not only that, but what Cora said after the game, what Veritek said after the game. 
And, you know, that's the image that you should understand of, of how impactful this moment was in the, in the middle of all this chaos of the Red Sox um, that we should, and I'm glad you did call me and I'm glad we did talk because we should take this moment. And this isn't about, Game 162, this is about the day that Tim Wakefield passed away. It certainly is, Rob, and that's why both those guys, that, that's why it was the, the, the honus of what they were talking about uh, in, in the post-game comments. It was about Tim Wakefield um, and, and just a, a tragic day. Just hearing you tell that story, I got tears in my eyes um, because it's obviously it's just such a, a tragic moment, but one that uh, I think encapsulates the day and what everybody's feeling right now with uh, Tim Wakefield passing away. All right, Rob, thank you so much for the time, and I uh, appreciate right. you joining us. Great job, Joe. I'll talk to you. See you. All right. That was Rob Bradford on the Harbor One Hotline talking about Tim Wakefield passing away at the age of 57. We'll pause for a short break. We'll then wrap things up on Red Sox Review. They were a 6-1 winner today over the O's. Back right after this on WEI. All right, back here on Red Sox Review as we wrap things up. Six Rings postgame show coming up next. Very interested to hear what Fitzy and Hart have to say after this one. 38-3, to Cowboys leading over the New England Patriots in Dallas. So the Patriots are going to fall to 1-3 on the season. Mac Jones was horrendous. We had a Bailey Zappi setting. That just says it all about how poorly things went for the Patriots today uh, against the Dallas Cowboys. This, of course, the final Red Sox review show of the season with the season coming to an end today. Sox do win it 6-1 to over the Baltimore Orioles. Just want to thank everybody out there who has listened to Red Sox Review in 2023. It has been so much fun talking to you this season, despite the results, for the most part, not going our way, with the Sox finishing in last place in the American League East for a second straight season. Hopefully, we can get back to playoff relevance in 2024. But it's been an honor to talk to you. Thank you so much for all the conversations. I want to thank Joe Braverman. Fantastic work behind the glass. Joe is a do-it-all man here at WEI, and he's been crushing it on these uh, Red Sox Review broadcasts in 2023. This is Joe Weil signing off one final time. We'll give you the final one final time. Red Sox 6, Orioles 1 in 2023. RIP Tim Wakefield. He passes away today at the age of 57. Thanks for joining us on Red Sox Review on WEI. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.